0: Good morning! Well, welcome to church this morning, or as I like to call it, work. I only work one day a week, most of you know that, so here I am, doing my job. Hey, this morning we are continuing our series on spiritual gifts, and we're calling this series Gifted. Um, Last week I did an overview of spiritual gifts, I talked about what they are, what they're not, why they're important, Um, and as soon as... Are the kids almost gone? As soon as the kids are gone, you guys want to have some fun today? Yeah. yeah, you guys want to have a little fun? Let's have a little fun together this morning. Uh, don't tell Glenn, okay? Don't... Oh, awkward. I thought you were out of town today, buddy. All right. Hey, we are going to talk about unwrapping our spiritual gifts. And we are going to unwrap a lot of spiritual gifts. So... But it won't do you any good if you don't know your spiritual gifts. So last weekend, we gave you some QR codes for you to take a spiritual gifts inventory. If you haven't done that, if you were not here last weekend or you just didn't do it between now and then, I would love for you to do that right now. So on the right hand side of the screen are gift uh, spiritual gift apps for the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. These are also on the back of your bulletin outline. And there's a place where you could take those gift inventories if, if you pull it up on your phone right now, start answering questions. You can have it done in three or four or five different minutes. So go ahead and do that and just tune me out. Not like you're not used to tuning me out. Tune me out, okay? For the rest of us, we're going to have some fun. No fun for you if you haven't done your spiritual gifts. You've got to do your homework first. Then for the rest of us, let's have some fun. You guys want to have some fun this morning? All right, let's do it. Here we go. That's right, these people are here to win cash, cars, and amazing prizes. It's time for Let's Make a Deal. Here he is, FBC's big wheeler and dealer himself, Steve Steele. One more, one more. Careful, don't hit the curtain. All right, very good. All right, welcome to Let's Make a Deal. How many people have seen Let's Make a Deal? Yeah? Four of you. Great. Good for you. I need three volunteers. There is an opportunity to win cash and prizes and maybe even a new car. No, there's no car. There's no car, just so we're clear. But I really do need three volunteers who will play my game. I got one right over there. Come on over here. Oh, yeah, I'll take you. Come on. Come on over here. I need one more. Oh, look at these people over here. They look so happy. There's an entire... You want to come? Okay, come on up here. Come on up here. All right, you guys come up on stage. Give our volunteers a hand. Oh, look, all three of them came. Well, you guys got a partner up. No, yeah, you get up here. Here you go. Speak into the microphone. This is a prop. Okay, good. Uh, here we, go. we are go. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to line up. You guys are going to be a team. Come on over here. You're going to be right here, and you'll be right here. Here's what I want you to do. You are going to pick one of the three gifts that we have up here. We have the very large gift, go big or go home, right? We also have the small gift, good things come in small packages, and we have the medium-sized gift. I have no idea what the point of a medium-sized gift is, it's like getting a medium fry, it's like I want fries but not too much, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, so here's what I want you to do, in your mind, in your heart, take a step forward, come a little closer, there you go. I want you to pick which of these three gifts you want without seeing them. Pick in your mind, see the gift that you want. And then I want you to close your eyes. And on the count of three, I'm going to get you to point to the gift you want. Don't change your mind. Once you've decided, do you want the big one? You want the small one? You want the medium-sized one? Big one's on your right. Small one's in the middle. medium sizes is on the left. On the count of three, you're going to point. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. I don't want you... (laughs) well you know just generally there we go here we go on three you're going to point to the gift you want big small or medium ready one two three point I see you're going medium you two are going small is that right okay so here's the deal you're going to get the medium gift there we go you two guys both want the small so how many of you guys can I bribe to not want the small one real money here. I have cash here. And by the way, depending on how much I spend on you is how good of lunch I get to go to. Sorry babe, I don't know what to tell you about that. Uh, so, if I pay, would you be willing to be bribed to to change yours? Sure. You would be? Would you be willing to be bribed? No, you're you're sticking with it. You want the small gift no matter what. Is that right? Okay, I'm going to bribe you with 4 American dollars. <laughs> 4 dollars will buy you off? <laughs> sucker all right there you go four dollars so you are choosing the large gift is that right now and you guys are going for the small gift okay rotate 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 there you go now on the on count of three you guys are going to go ahead and open your gifts and let's see what you got one two three go ahead wait yes go ahead go ahead go ahead you're just going to pull yours off just pull yours straight off get on the other side and i'll tell you here's what you've won you've won A new TV! That's right, it's a big screen TV from 1992. Is it high definition? No. Will it stream anything? No. If you want to move it, do you need four friends? Yes, you do. How many people remember had a TV like this? Made by Samsung when they were only making watches. You got, what did you get? An An iron. Or as I like to call it, stuff that was in my closet at home. There you go. You got an iron. Now, wait, wait. You're going to want to see what this, what, what happened over here? Kara, what'd you get? Uh paper. Oh, oh, just what I need. Just what you need. A new skateboard. Yay! That skateboard came from the 99 cent store. Which, by the way, nothing at the 99 cent store is 99 cents anymore. Do you guys know that? Also, though, I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock into how many trips you could do on your 99-cent uh, store with those. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you a question. Is everybody happy with your gifts? Oh, you are happy. Are you happy with your gifts? You guys are going to go home and do some ironing? Does anybody want to trade gifts? I was going to say, you guys want to trade? Yeah, totally. Yes! Give them a hand. All right, you guys win. head head on out of here. And you got four American dollars. You know what? I feel bad about $4. Here you go. Take five. Get yourself one more. All right, there you go. Five bucks for you. So what's the point of that? Well, this morning we're talking about spiritual gifts. And the thing about gifts is we've all been given a gift. And we've been given a gift by the Holy Spirit, whether you like your gift or not, whether your gift is shiny or not, we've all been given these gifts, right? And here's the thing, your gift is your gift, except it's not your gift, it's not just your gift, your gift belongs also to all of us. You belong to the church, and my gift belongs to you, and your gift belongs to me, it's meant to bless uh, me as well, and, and, and it's meant to, I'm meant to bless you, so that's the way this is supposed to work, okay? Okay. We are going to jump into a passage here about unwrapping your gift in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Follow along with me if you would, and we will jump into this this morning. It says, I always thank my God for you and for the what? The gracious gift he has given you. Now that you belong to who? Christ Jesus. Through him, God enriched what? Your church, our church, in every way With all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true Now you have what? Every spiritual gift you need As you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ Sitting in this room, sitting in this church Is every gift that we need So What are these gifts? Well, hopefully you've been taking that inventory. Really, I just did all this to give you time to get your inventory done. So hopefully you know your spiritual gift and you're beginning to see how the Holy Spirit has gifted you. And I want to unwrap all of these gifts today. There are multiple passages in Scripture that give lists of spiritual gifts. Um, And no two lists are the same And I have compiled most of them into uh, this morning's message I divided them up into some categories And there's nothing special about these categories, okay? These are my categories If Glenn had to do this, Glenn would probably categorize them a little differently There's nothing uh, holy about the categories It's just how it makes sense to my little brain And hopefully I can communicate it to all of you So... I'm calling these the speaking, the serving, and the sign gifts. Some people would call it the motivational, the ministry, and the manifestation gifts. Some people would call it the words, the works, and the wonders gifts. It doesn't matter what you call them. This isn't doctrine. This is just a way to get your head around the gifts, okay? And so as we talk about each gift... I want you to ask yourself, is this my gift? Maybe it showed up in your inventory. Maybe it's something that as you read the gift or hear me talk about the gift, you think, yeah, this is probably my gift. If it's your gift, I want you to make a star next to it. If you think maybe it's my gift, I want you to put a question mark next to it. And what I hope you will do is get an overview of all these gifts and begin to see your exact gift in each of those things. So everybody buckle up symbolically. Let's buckle up. Everybody, you take one end, you buckle it, nobody's buckling with me. Buckle up, because I'll tell you why, I'm going to do 19 gifts in about 19 minutes. Are you ready? So, sharpen your pencil, get your pen ready to fill in some blanks, and here's the first category, the speaking gifts. These are the Spirit-prompting the truth of God, Spirit-prompting people to speak the truth of God. Ephesians chapter 4 says it like this, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church to the church the what apostles what else the prophets the and the and what else and teachers their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church the body of Christ so let's jump right into the gifts here's the first one it is prophecy prophecy is declaring the will of God These are people who declare the will of God. They publicly communicate God's word and truth in an inspired way. I've heard it said this way. These people comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. They tell the truth, right? This is someone who, using Scripture, identifies good and evil, and they hate what is evil. They often see things in black and white. They have a hard time with gray, I'm looking right at my daughter because we had a long conversation about this the other day. Uh, They just have a hard time. They see things as right or wrong. They are frank. They are outspoken. They don't mince words. And when they talk about God and God's truth, they talk about it with boldness and with fire. Okay? That's prophecy. Problems with people who have prophecy is this. They can tend to be judgmental and blunt little too judgmental and blunt sometimes, if you know what I mean. And they're often intolerant of other people's views, okay? That's prophecy. Second one, teaching. This is somebody who communicates the Bible, communicating the Bible. This is the ability to educate God's uh, people... They explain and apply the Bible. They present truth, hopefully, in a logical and systematic way. They usually love to read and study and present God's word. Um, they, They believe that truth, truth by itself, has an intrinsic power to produce change in people's lives. Okay? That's teaching. And the problems with teachers sometimes is sometimes they are slow to accept the viewpoint of other people. They think they know it. They know it all. And they can develop pride sometimes in their own ability of these things. That's teaching. Here's another one. Wisdom. Wisdom is speaking to a specific situation. It's the ability to understand God's word and God's perspective on life situations. They look at a situation and say, Oh, I know what the the godly thing to do is in this situation. This person... um, uh, can explain that simply and, 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 and how to do it, and they guide people towards a life of holiness and worship. Now, uh, wisdom can actually have a supernatural aspect to it. It's the time where somebody will say to you, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, where they say, uh, you know, this, is, this may sound crazy to you, but I, I really think God is telling me that um, you need to, you need to um, make a change in your life right now. Does that sound right to you at all? Like... Is it possible God is saying that to you? Because that's really what God is telling me to tell you. And you'll immediately go, whoa, like what is that about? But, but honestly, they have this connection where they can see some wisdom from God's word and apply it to your life. Now, that has to be done in humility. Because if you come up to someone and you say, you know what God's telling me? He's telling me you need to. That doesn't go over so well. Okay? And so you have to do that in humility. And so one of the problems is if you do that without humility or in love, you can overstep and you can create tension or hostility with people, okay? That's the gift of wisdom. The gift of knowledge is understanding our world in light of the gospel. It means understanding our whole world in light of the gospel. Now, this is usually somebody who loves to pursue biblical data like they want knowledge of the bible this person enjoys analyzing biblical data they this is the college the bible college professor type the seminary professor type they know the hebrew and the greek and probably the aramaic too these are the people that send you a link to a youtube video that's two and a half hours long do you know what i'm talking about Those are the people, they are like fascinated by it and you're like, you just need to sit down and give the rest of your afternoon to this. Um, But they are well-versed in scriptures. It's usually related to wisdom a lot of times and they've committed a bunch of the Bible to memory. The problem with this gift can be sometimes people are a little too intellectual for their own good and for the good of others. They just are too smart, too, uh, they just can't get it out in a way that other people can understand. And they can get frustrated with people that don't want to dive as deep intellectually as they do, okay? That's knowledge. Here's another of the speaking gifts. It's encouragement. It's strengthening those who waver in faith, strengthening those who Uh, are wavering in faith and this is ability to motivate God's people to apply and act on biblical principles but especially when people are struggling when they're discouraged or wavering in their faith they tend to accept people as they are they're really good about accepting people without judging them and then they they love to do like personal counseling um, and they tend to bring out the best in people See, encouragement is literally to give courage to another person. It's to give them courage. And so, encouragers are great. The only problem they sometimes have is they can be so excited to give their encouragement that sometimes they cut people off and they don't let them talk and those people feel unheard by people who are encouragers. Okay? Evangelism. Evangelism is another speaking gift. This is to clearly bring the good news. These are people who communicate the truth of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen. They bring the good news of Jesus Christ, especially to non-believers, and this is the important part. They do it in a positive and non-threatening way. The guy who was on the corner of the street screaming, repent, repent, is not an evangelist. In fact, they're probably doing more harm than good. But honestly, evangelists just naturally gravitate towards unbelievers, and they basically have this sense of there's an opportunity to share Christ and lead people to respond in faith. My wife is an evangelist by nature. She's been a school teacher for years in a, in a public school setting, and every year she adopts some kid, some family, brings them into our world. They end up living with us, or whatever happens, and we end up, honestly, they end up coming to church and hearing the gospel, and many of them have been baptized, and along the way, she just just naturally reaches out to those people. That's an evangelist. The problem uh, with evangelism is sometimes they can get frustrated when people don't respond right away. They're so excited about the message. They just sometimes need a little patience to watch evangelism do it for. Those are the speaking gifts. How many people have speaking gifts, you think? You're a a speaker. You can speak. You can do what God's called you to do. That doesn't mean necessarily up here, but but, uh, some of you are speaking gifts. All right, let's look at the serving gifts. The serving gifts are the tools... That the spirit uses to build the church. These are the tools that the spirit uses to build the church. Another one of these spiritual gifts passages is Romans chapter 12. And it says here in verses 6 through 8. It says in his grace God has given us what? Different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy. Speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is what? Serving others, what are we supposed to do? Serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is what? Giving. This is another serving gift. Then you are supposed to Give. give generously. And if God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Here are the serving gifts. Let's jump into it. First one is this, is leadership. I know some people don't think of leadership as a serving gift. It is a serving gift. It should be a serving gift. And it's to give direction to other people. Leaders express ideas and, or, and they lead an organization in a certain direction, a God-called direction, right, towards God. Um, this is closely related to a gift we're going to get to in a minute called administration, but leadership is more people-oriented. Administration is more task and detail-oriented. Leaders really should be leading relationally with a deep concern for others. Leaders are more visionary. They see the broad picture and they, they want to go that direction, right? They're less concerned with the details. And uh, even leaders are willing to let others get the credit so long as we get to where we're supposed to be going. Okay? That's leadership. Problems with leaders is they can be upset when people don't share the same vision as them. We're like, don't you see we're going this direction? We're supposed to be going this direction. Why aren't you going this direction with me? That's what they can struggle with in terms of leadership. Um, The gift that goes along with leadership is administration. These are people who organize, directs, and implements plans. This unique term for administration, the Greek term that goes along with it, actually relates to a shipmaster or a captain, and it literally means to steer the ship. That's what it means, administration. They have the ability to help steer the church or a ministry towards whatever the vision is, mostly of the leader. Um, They have skills in planning, organization, and supervision. How many people here have the spiritual gift of Excel spreadsheets? Do you know what I'm talking about? That is the gift of administration. Those are my people because I need you. Um, They are the master delegator. They will tell people, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. And sometimes you can see them going, look, it's working the way it's supposed to work. They are administration. And they are usually more concerned with details and organization than they are with the people who are completing those tasks. So the problem for administrators can be that they can get frustrated with people who don't follow through on the details. Didn't I tell you to do that? I thought I told you to do that. Why didn't you do that? Okay, so that's administration and we need administrators big time. Upward basketball would not happen without Tammy Russo as as an administrator. So giving, giving is a gift. It is absolutely a gift and I have seen it so many times. It is people who are assisting others with their resources. Assisting others with their resources. These people give freely, like it is no hesitation for them to give away their money, their time, their possession. I gave away an iron today. So, you know, um, they give away things and they don't even think twice about it. Actually, yeah, Hannah gave away an iron. I'm I, sorry about that. My bad. Uh, they love to give and they love, you know, when they love to give the most is that they love to give in secret. They love to, like, not have anybody know that they gave. They love that stuff. And they give by the leading of the Holy Spirit, and they support others. They support ministries. Nathan, You you guys know there's people that have just poured into you and let you guys do your ministry by giving, 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 right? Um, And that is a huge deal. And I'll give you one thing that I have just noticed to be true. People who have the gift of giving, and I've seen this, they tend to have a natural ability for uh, business, They just tend to make a lot of money. And I'll tell you why. I think God's like, watch this. I'm just going to flow it through them. Because they've got the gift of giving. So, uh, problems with givers is they can tend to pressure others to give like they do. Why aren't you giving the way I'm giving? And it's like, well, that isn't my gift. And they can tend to spoil their children and or relatives. Which is why I want givers to be my (laughs) parents. And hi, mom. Okay, good. Uh... Mercy, let's jump into mercy, one of Steve's lowest, (laughs) don't judge me, provides personal and emotional support, personal and emotional support, this is the defining trait of people that uh, they have great sensitivity to people who are suffering, they just see people suffering and immediately their heart breaks and they offer compassion and encouragement, a lot of times they will step in and give actually practical help to those people in need They have a tremendous ability to show love, Um, and they are always looking for the good in people. Um, They are literally attracted to situations where there is hurting and distress. They want to step into those situations, and they want to ease the pain of those people. Um, So they, you know, the scripture says they weep with those who weep. One of the problems with people who have mercy is if you don't do it well, you can tend to take up another person's offense and be offended for them and with them, and that can incapacitate you. And sometimes people with mercy, they're easily hurt by others as well because they, they just step into that role a lot. Okay, so that's mercy. Uh, one more of the serving gifts is pastor shepherd. Pastor shepherds teach, protect, and cares for the sheep. They teach, protect, and care for sheep. This is the ability to care for the spiritual needs of a group of believers. And they equip them for ministry. Most of my small group leaders, if you're a small group leader, if you're a Bible study leader, a table leader, this is really probably your gift. You've taken on this group of people. You want to grow them, and you want to care for them. And that's what it means to do that. Um, The primary way that a pastor does this in a local church is usually by teaching the word of God. And we we really believe that by teaching the scriptures, we are feeding the sheep. Okay, um, one of the problems is that pastors and shepherds can become burnt out without proper boundaries and Sabbath which is why I'm going on vacation in 30 minutes from now. Just so you all know, I will be on vacation. Uh, and my friend Glenn is taken a sabbatical this year. We have to renew and rejuvenate so that we can come back and do the things that God has called us to do, okay? Pastor Shepherd. And then this is one of my favorites. It's just the spiritual gift of service. These are people who do practical deeds. Practical deeds done for others. And these are people that see, like they just they have the ability to see the practical needs of a church. They, they, and when they see the need, they just take the initiative and go meet those needs. They're more interested in meeting other people's needs than even their own needs. They feel the greatest joy when doing something helpful to other people. These people typically like to be in the background. They typically don't even like to be noticed. Okay? But they meet all kinds of needs around this church. Most of them are congregated in the kitchen as, as often as I see them. And they're working back there to do some things for, for us around that. Problems for those who are service people is you sometimes have a hard time saying no. You just have a hard time saying no to things. And you can be hurt when you're underappreciated um, and this is the last one and I find this to really be true. People with the gift of service have a hard time being served by other people. They struggle with being served by others because they feel like it's my gift, I need to be doing this. All right, anybody else tired? I'm exhausted right now. Let's keep going. Hospitality. Hospitality is welcoming others. It means inviting people into your spaces and into your world. This is a natural ability to make people, even strangers, feel welcome. It, it can be in your own home. It can be at church a, as a means to disciple them or even to serve them. But they have the ability to coordinate and create these spaces for fellowship okay and so they are just naturally have this hospitality gene the problem with hospitality people is they can drive your introverted family members crazy (laughs) who's coming over again for how long how many nights a week is somebody gonna be at our house anybody know what I'm talking about yeah okay good yeah that's what I'm talking about you know what I mean right Um, And they can expect others to be as hospitable as they are. And some of the introverts are like, keep those people away from me, okay? Um, That's hospitality, and it is a gift. The last one, and this is interesting, but this is a gift of serving. It's apostleship. And apostleship starts new ministries in new places. Now, this is not to be confused with the 12 apostles, Twelve apostles are Jesus' disciples, although they ended up going out and starting a bunch of new ministries. That's kind of what they did, probably where we got the term. But a person, this is a person sent to a new place with the gospel. They are the entrepreneurs of ministry. Right, You've heard of missionaries going to some foreign land or or a ministry starting on a college campus or or starting a preschool on the east side. Those are apostle-type tasks. And they plant new churches. They go to places where the gospel is not. And and they reach across cultural lines and they start new things. These are the entrepreneurs of ministry. And they provide leadership to those uh, ministries and churches. Now, um, problems with apostles is... Sometimes they can tend to get bored and want to move on. They're like ADD on, you know what I'm talking about. They just want to start something new. And once it gets going, it's like, that's cute. I want to move on to something else and start something else new. And they just need to be disciplined enough to stick with something until it's healthy and can be handed off to an administrator, leader, and shepherd type of person. So those are the service gifts. And now we get to the interesting gifts, the sign gifts. You ready for this, people? Everybody say yes. Yes yes good the sign gifts these are the gifts that show the supernatural power of the spirit they show the supernatural power of the holy spirit in first corinthians chapter 12 which we talked about this last week and it's another one of these main passages i tried to hit all the main passages with lists of gifts hear what it said in first corinthians 12 a spiritual gift is given to who Each each of us so that we can what Help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gets a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives what? Great faith to another. And to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to what? Perform miracles. And another, the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. And still another person is given the ability to speak in what? Unknown languages, while another is given the ability to what? Interpret what is being said. These are the whoa, 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 whoa gifts. These are the whoa, whoa. If you've ever had this moment where you're like, that had to be God. Like, that's what this is. That had to be God. But also some other people are like, whoa, 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 what was that? Okay? So we, we, I want to talk about this a little bit. The first is faith. And this is a supernatural gift. It's an unshakable trust in God's sovereignty and goodness. This is not garden variety faith. This is not the kind of faith that you and I have when we place our faith in in Jesus Christ. But this is like people that have an unusual, supernatural amount of faith. Like, they can stand strong in their belief no matter what. They just believe in the power and promises of God. Right? And this is supernatural. Like, when tragedy strikes... Or when circumstances are overwhelming, and they are calm, cool, and collected, and the rest of us are like, why aren't you freaking out right now? Like, I would be freaking out right now if what was happening to you is happening to me. And they're like, you know what, I'm okay. I, God has this. God, God has this. He's really got this. Uh, we have a saying at our house that we say every once in a while when things get overwhelming, God didn't bring us this far to drop us on our head. And the truth of the matter is, is, those people really live in that reality. And they're like, God will fix this. It'll be fine. We'll, we'll do something. They are calm and at peace. They are not faking it. But they truly have this supernatural faith in God's presence and power. Now, one of the problems of that kind of faith is they can get discouraged and or frustrated when other people don't share that faith. They're looking at you like, why can't you believe this? I don't understand. I don't have that kind of gift that you've got. So they can get frustrated or discouraged with that. Here's where we get into the even bigger stuff. Ready? Healing. This is compassion and faith for the sick. Compassion and faith for the sick. This is the ability to pray in faith for people that are in need of physical, emotional, or spiritual healing. And then they see God answer. This is the ability to pray in faith when God is prompting you to pray this kind of prayer. And these people do see supernatural hearing more, healing more often than, than, than many of us because we just don't pray that prayer. Um, and they're ready to pray it, right? The healing, this is important, the healing always comes from God. The healing comes from God. But these people are willing to lean into and to sense God's prompting to pray for that healing. Now, the problem with healing as a... As a gift is that you can tend to overstate god's intention to heal like you can tend to say oh god's going to heal this god's going to heal this and and we understand your zealousness and excitement for that but we see over and over again in scripture where there are times where god just didn't heal it was part of his plan not to heal and that can be discouraging and a disappointment for people who have questions um, left behind when they didn't get the healing they needed so that's that's a can be a problem with healing miracles is a sensitivity to and a petitioning of the power of God this is when uh, people pray in faith for God's supernatural intervention in a impossible situation right and they, they sense that God is prompting them to pray for this impossible situation now The 12 disciples, the apostles, they did miracles all over. We see them all over the book of Acts, right? They cast out demons, they did healing, they raised people from the dead. Over and over again, they were doing miracles. And miracles in Acts were given uh, by God to reveal the presence and the glory of God to people around them. Uh, The result was more and more people came to faith in Jesus Christ here's the thing, miracles today in this day and age, which I still believe in miracles, I think most of us do, uh, is that it has to point to Jesus. It has to point back to God. It has to point people back to God, right? And and some of the problems with this is people who uh, are into miracles and are praying for miracles and have that sensitivity, and this is a gift, I believe it's a gift, they can tend to, if when it starts happening, they can be puffed up. They can just, without humility, they get puffed up and they get prideful. And frankly, a lot of people, charlatans, have used false miracles in order to puff themselves up or to profit from it. And so that's always a problem and a tension with that kind of a ministry, right? Miracles. And then let's jump into tongues. This is the uttering of unknown languages, uttering of unknown languages. Um, this is this supernatural ability to speak in an unknown language. This is a language that hasn 't been learned to you now. This can either be a real language like we saw at Pentecost, where the people at Pentecost heard in their own language, or it can be an unknown language understood only by God or to someone who is given the gift to interpret tongues Now, many of you uh, the the gift of tongues is one of those things that's sort of out there. You maybe don't understand it. Some of you have had some different experiences with it. Um, but the problem with this, again, is that without humility, that gift of tongues can tend to puff people up and have them feel a false sense of spirituality. Um, it must be accompanied by interpretation when it happens in a group setting. And so the gift that goes along with tongues is the interpretation of tongues. Tongues. And the interpretation of tongues is this. It's explaining these unknown languages. Explaining these unknown languages. Found right alongside the gift of tongues. Um, but God reveals the meaning of the unknown to, the, to be interpreted and to explain or to expound on some message. And again, the problem, if you're noticing a pattern here, is that it can tend to puff people up if it's not done with humility. Okay? Now, um, those, these are the gifts that a lot of people want to talk about, want to know more about. And there's a lot to talk about with this, especially new believers. If you are not had any experience with this, um, with tongues, it is something that people are, have questions about. And there are a whole group of people who love Jesus and study the Bible and have come to a different view on the woe gifts than I have. They are called cessationists. They believe that those supernatural gifts have stopped. Um, that now that we have God's word and the Bible in our hands, we don't need those supernatural gifts um, and, and it was just for the first century uh, church only. I struggle with that view. They often cite this verse in their reasoning and it's First Corinthians 13, eight. Oh, I don't have it in your notes. It says, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. And the reason that I struggle with that is if tongues have been stilled, does that mean there's no more prophecy? Because there is still prophecy, right? Is, is there no more knowledge? Well, of course there's, there's still some knowledge. And so there's people that would absolutely disagree with me on that. They are good, God-loving people, and honestly, I understand. But I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, and so I just see gifts, the, the speaking in tongues, as a gift, just like any other gift. It's not better. It's not worse. It's just a gift. Um, Some have it and some don't. Now, many of you maybe have had experiences with speaking in tongues, or you've got friends in churches where speaking in tongues is manifest, and you've been to worship where people have started speaking in tongues, and you're like, what's happening here? Maybe some of you have even participated in it. We call those Pentecostal churches or charismatic churches, and there are many of them, And, and I have some great pentecostal brothers and sisters in christ that i have spent time with a lot. in fact i'm going golfing with a couple of them this afternoon ironically um but but i love these people and i don't have anything against them uh, the problem is is that some of those believers have either intentionally or unintentionally elevated that gift to a place where it's higher than the others and and that's a problem because a gift is a gift can i tell you something the person who empties the garbage cans in our lobby and takes those out to the dumpster after church is exercising their gift and it's every bit as important as any other gift. It's every bit as important as any other gift. And so we don't elevate gifts to one height or another. And so it's, it's just as full of the Holy Spirit to be making tacos in the kitchen as it is to be standing up on stage preaching or speaking in tongues, okay? That's the truth of it. Same spirit, different gifts. So we're still trying to make sense of that. Well, listen to 1 Corinthians 14, because I think you'll, you'll begin to see uh, how this works out. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, let what? Love be your highest goal, because you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, but especially the ability to what? Especially the ability to prophesy. If you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to Who? God, since people won't be able to understand you, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. mysterious. It'll be mysterious. So some of you are thinking, well, Steve, if if you you don't believe that those gifts have ceased, which I don't, "um, why don't we see them regularly here at FBC? Why don't we see them here in our church? Well, I'll give you a couple of reasons, I think. Outside of the translation ministry that's happening back there, hi, Celeste there she is (laughs) she's translating for spanish right now the reason i don't see that is because usually the spiritual gift of tongues is for the edification of one person it's usually kind of a personal gift that is for the edification of one person when we gather in this room we gather for the edification of everybody in this room so we want to bless and minister to everybody in this room and so we gather to build everyone up at the same time not just ourselves but there's also one other reason why, I don't think we see it here that often, and here's the, here's the reason, ready? It can freak people out. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? If you have not been exposed to people speaking in tongues, if you have never seen it, it can freak people out, especially unbelievers who are like, what is happening right now, okay? And First and Corinthians 14 addresses this. It says, so you see that speaking in tongues is a sign Not for believers, but for unbelievers. Unbelievers back then were looking for some sort of a supernatural sign in order to believe in God. Prophecy, however, that's the speaking of truth, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. But let's say, even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting, the other group, and they hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are... They will think you're crazy. It says it right there in the scriptures. They will think you're crazy. But if all of you are prophesying, speaking the truth, and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be what? They'll be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. They will understand what is going on here in that moment. So I think the biggest reason why there is great caution for speaking in tongues is this. 1 Corinthians 14, that chapter, is an entire chapter of the Bible that Paul wrote to address this church to say, you're doing it wrong. You are using it wrong. You are doing it wrong. You are messing it up. It cannot be more spiritual to speak in tongues because the Corinthians were messing it up big time. And so there's a layer of, for the edification of all, and not to scare people away, that is why we don't see it expressed here. But I am not willing to say speaking in tongues doesn't happen anymore. I just don't see that. And, and so I, that's my take on it. You feel free to disagree with me. But I just don't like putting God in a box. If it was present here, I don't see why it couldn't be present for the edification of those people who practice it as a prayer language or have these individual experiences with it. So to me, it's just a gift. It's like all the other gifts, no better, no worse. The question is not what gift do you have, but I do want you... you you've been starring your gifts? You got your gifts? You think you know what your gift is? Here's the point. Ready? It leads me to... So what, Steve, what do we do with this? How do we make sense of it? Ready? Um, I'm going to read to you from 1 Peter 4. Again, another one of those list passages. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. You guys want to try something a little interactive today? Let's try it. Everybody pull out your phone. Pull out your phone. Go to your text messaging application. Go to your text messaging application. This should work everywhere. If you're in the gym, you should be able to do this. If you're online, you should be able to do this. You're going to go on to your text messaging application and to the number 22333, type that in like you're typing in as a phone number that you are texting to, 22333, and you're going to text Steve steves161 to that number. 161 to that number. And then, once you get a little reply that says you've joined Steve's interactive thing, you're going to type in your spiritual gift. So I'm going to type in my top spiritual gift. Type in your top spiritual gift, and it should show up on the screen right here. Can we go over to the next slide? There it is. And as you type in your gift, they will start to show up on the screen. As we have more people with each of those gifts, the, the words will get bigger. Oh, look at the administrators in the, in the house. We got leadership. We got a high mercy gift. Thank you, people covering over my ineptitude. Got discernment and knowledge, faith. And you keep going, or we may be locked out after a certain amount of responses. But you can literally see this is a live, interactive thing about the gifts that are in this room right now. And we have a lot of them we got all kinds of gifts floating around this room. And, and we need your gift. This is not let's make a deal. You can't trade your gift. We need your gift, whatever God has given you. And we need it. Okay? And let me tell you why. Here's the so what. Here's the so what. The last thing there is don't desire a different gift. Don't desire a different gift. Instead, discover, develop, and deploy your gift. That is a lot of Ds. Don't desire a different gift. Discover, develop, and deploy your gift. That is not a little. That is a lot of alliteration. You know what I'm talking about? Did you know alliteration is a spiritual gift for a pastor? You didn't know that, did you? That's a lot of Ds. do a diddy diddy dum diddy do. Here's what I want you to see. This is how it can look when it's in action. Take a look at this video of our youth ministry uh, working out in Utah this last week.
1: Of our week at Bible Adventure Camp, where we learn to shine Jesus's light. Let's slide to the lift. Yeah, yeah. Let's slide to-
0: Like in action. And you see kids using their gifts. And it takes all of those kids to make that happen. It takes Pastor Stephen Rossi with leadership to say, we need to go someplace and take, the, take this gospel story to some people who need it in Utah. It takes people like Emily to book all the details, all the travel and all the, all the stuff that goes along with that to make it happen. Those kids as they walk into that environment, they start to real, in real time figure out their gifts. Some of them are teachers. Some of them are, 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 have compassion in their heart for the kid that's crying off in the corner. And God uses each and every One of those gifts to make a difference in the life of people. The the one word that came to me this morning as I was getting ready to stand up and preach is this, and I hope it hits you where you are. If you're sitting in this room today, if you have walked in for whatever reason, can I tell you something? You belong here. You belong. God has given you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts, and He wants you to belong to a place where you use your gift and you bless other people. You belong right here in God's family. So put your gift to work and let's make some space and some room for other people to belong here as well. Father God, would you just uh, bless us as we take our gifts out to the world, as we use our gifts here in our church community, God, as we use them uh, both in our small groups and in the ministries that we work in, and lead. God, I pray that you would use every single gift in this room, God, that people would be reminded that they belong as a part of your family and that you would enable us to make a difference in this world through the gifts that your Holy Spirit has given us. God, let us desire the gift you have already given us. Let us develop it, Father. And then let us let those who have different gifts do their thing. We pray this in your Son Jesus' name. Amen.